You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headphones that are connected to brand new to you, iPods, at least in my case. Uh, thank you to the lovely person on Kijiji who has alleviated my worries following the tragic demise of my iPhone 4S that was serving as my iPod. Anyway, I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jaysrunacouch.com, and yes, we are going back to daily. I said it in the, in the intro. We've pretty much done it the past couple days. I know you're going to be like, this is technically Tuesday morning. Um, it is 12.13 a.m. Atlantic time when I'm recording it. So it is Tuesday for me, but not for y'all. And not for some of our overseas fans. So it really, time is a meaningless construct anyway. But this is essentially the Monday edition. Let's say that. Speaking of our overseas friends, shout out to Matthew, who reached out to me on Facebook, listening to the podcast from South France. Very appreciative of your comments, Matthew. Glad to have you on board. Glad I can reach out across the ocean, deliver that baseball knowledge to you. And we're going to be doing a little speculating, actually, on this episode, because there's one position that I want to focus on for the Blue Jays that I feel needs to be addressed. But we're going to have a little fun guessing game first. What position does AJ want to talk about? What does she feel the Blue Jays haven't really done in the offseason to make her think that this can be an 80 to 85 win team? Well, let's take a look. Um, Obviously, everyone going into the offseason would have said uh, starting pitching. I think we can safely say that the Blue Jays have addressed that. <laughs> I mean, again, we're going to beat the beat the old drum here, but with Ryu and Roark and Anderson and Shoemaker all in the fold now, Yamaguchi, there are a lot of options there. Starting pitching is fine. They've done very well to do that and solve that. So what else? Um, they signed an infielder to compete with Rowdy Telez when they got Travis Shaw. Could be the outfield. They haven't really done anything in the outfield yet. They're they're still set on going into the season with an outfield consisting of Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Randall Gritchuk, and likely Teoscar Hernandez. With I guess Derek Fisher getting in there a bit. I'm, I've seen enough from Derek Fisher. I'd rather see Anthony Alford in there, but I'm not the one making that call. And there are some tantalizing outfielders still available. One in particular that I feel would really liven things up there. And I know I'm not the only one to call for the Blue Jays to sign Yasiel Puig because the editor of Jays from the Couch, Sean Doyle, has been trumpeting that particular cause for about two months now and Puig is probably the best player still available on the free agent wire but honestly I'm kind of all right 
with the outfield as constructed. I think Lourdes um, can prove that, you know, he's retained all the lessons from 2019, from when he had to go down to Buffalo and be the left fielder that the Blue Jays need. I think Grichuk plays a passable enough defense in center field that if the Blue Jays do play Grichuk there the majority of the time, the Blue Jays will not be hurt. Grichuk was the best defensive player on the Blue Jays last year, um, according to to most metrics. So, hey, can't can't hurt, really, I guess, putting him back there. We know he's got hops. So I'm all right with Grichuk there. And, and I'm actually all right with the reasoning that Mark Shapiro gave for not really rushing out to plug that hole the way other teams have done. We've seen Cincinnati in particular go out and get guys like Shogo Akiyama and Nick Castellanos. And, and now there were, there were some rumors of Nick Senzel being moved, which I mean, absolutely no sense, no sense. Anyone who indulged those rumors needs to give their head a shake because there is no, no possible reason to move Nick Senzel. When he's on a team-friendly contract, he's under team control. He's one of the top prospects in baseball. He hit very well when he wasn't injured last season. Absolutely no reason to move him. You make the space for a guy like Nick Senzel. There was no reason for Cincinnati to ever trade him. I don't know how those rumors got started, but I think they were stupid. So... I'm I'm all right with Shapiro's reasoning to give Teoscar that extended look to I I guess give Derek Fisher fifty at bats and hopefully he bats once. What would it be? Mm, about one twenty, one thirty, something like that. He can hit that and then he can be DFA'd and then that's an an open roster spot for someone who you know might actually do something with the spot who wants to do something with the spot. I see no want to in Derek Fisher's eyes. He has to prove it. Um, and then I would like to see Anthony Alford get some run. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he is the main beneficiary of that rule change to the 26 man roster and that he gets that other spot and gets to, to finally get some regular run at a major league level. But I'm all right with seeing that and seeing how it plays out. Because again, this isn't a Blue Jays team that's built to win this year. It's built to get close. It's built to take a step towards respectability, to be respectable. So... I'm I'm actually all right with the out, outfield. Now, what we're going to talk about in the second half of today's episode is that minor little detail of the Blue Jays not really having a left-handed reliever at this current time. So I'm going to get into my thoughts on who should actually replace Tim Meza for the 2020 season and if there are some outside of the organization opportunities for the Blue Jays to explore, we're going to do that right after we take this brief little break. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. I know, I was, I'm sure I was sorely missed. Anyway, so, as I started talking about before the break, the Blue Jays seem to address a lot of major issues, but the work on the bullpen is still ongoing. Now, they've primarily made minor league signings like A.J. Cole, Justin Miller, um, 
Ryan Dull, I guess. Um, they brought in Anthony Bass off waivers. They signed Rafael Dolis. Haven't made a move on him yet, but he's there. So adding those to the holdovers that remain from last season, Ken Giles is a lock as closer. Um, but then you have guys like Sam Gavilio and Wilmer Font. Um, and generally guys who don't really inspire a lot of confidence. And we, we know this is going to be an entirely overhauled pen right now. Those three guys I mentioned, Giles, Font, and Gavilio are the only holdovers from that 2019 bullpen. Unless you include the lone left-hander. Now, like I said, Tim Meza is gone for the 2020 season. He's having his Tommy John. Hopefully he comes back because he, he was having a decent 2019. And I was at the game where he got injured. And you could tell just, just instantly he felt kind of shattered. Like he could feel it. And it was just just not not good i don't think a single person in the ballpark felt any kind of joy in seeing what happened to tim Meza. now the blue jays haven't really done anything to address the fact they don't have anyone readily available the only left-hander who is even considered close to taking over for Meza in the 2020 campaign is thomas pannone and pannone had success as a reliever he, he had a lot more success as a reliever than he did as a starter so that may be what gives him the benefit of the doubt there but still you would have thought the blue jays would have brought in another arm or something to challenge pannone just to see if you know he has the willingness to fight knowing that not that's his lane now that's thomas pannone's lane he's a reliever now nope get starting out of your head you're not a starter. We figured that out last year. We experimented and it failed. Thomas Pannone is a reliever. Channel that lane and see what you can do now that you know you are solely a reliever. You know, it's like Joe Biagini. You You have your lane now. And if you take away what Thomas Pannone did as a starter, his line is respectable. As a reliever in 30 relief appearances, he had a 354 ERA. And he had a whip of 1.28. That's fine. That's serviceable. That, that could work if he shows he can replicate it. And I think not having any real competition in spring training isn't going to be good. Because if he knows he can walk to that job, I mean, what what's going to happen? The only other two... Well, the only other three lefties on Toronto's 40-man roster at the moment are Hyunjin Ryu, who we know what he's doing, Anthony Kay, who if he doesn't take that fifth starting spot out of spring training, he's going to be in Buffalo. They, he's, his future as a starter for now is still open, unlike Thomas Pannone's. And then Ryan Barucki, who I guess if the Blue Jays feel like maybe his durability is down following in injury plagued 2019 maybe they start looking at him as a reliever i think it's more likely that he goes down to buffalo as well and starts to build up the arm strength because i think they would still like to see baraki as a potential starting arm before they start thinking about making that move he doesn't have very overpowering stuff which makes me nervous to just make him a reliever full-time 
So who can the Blue Jays bring in then to give Thomas Benown someone to fight for this spot, to have a healthy competition with? Well, there are a few options. The popular in-house option would be Kirby Sneed, give him a non-roster invite and see what he can do. I I don't mind it. I, I called for Sneed last season. Um, That was before he kind of tailed off a little bit in the fall. So I'd like to see what he's done, maybe towards uh, building towards that spot um, and, and trying to push and, and become a younger arm in that bullpen. Now that, you know, the youngest arm will be back in Dunedin and just sitting on the 40-man roster for like, I don't know, three years. Uh, hurry hard, Elvis. Anyway, Kirby Sneed is probably the best in-house option, but what the Blue Jays are probably going to do is go outside and and pick someone up. So there are a couple of options that I highlighted who are still free agents as of this recording. Um, one of them just came off a World Series ring uh, run. He wasn't on the postseason roster, but he did pitch for the Nationals last season, and that would be veteran left-hander Tony Sipp, who could easily fill that kind of Darren Oliver role in the bullpen. He was serviceable with the Nationals last season, which, I mean, serviceable is what you're aiming for. He had a 471 ERA in 36 games. He only pitched 21 innings, but, I mean, he's a lefty specialist. You're not getting him to pitch full frames, at least not yet. Baseball hasn't made that call yet, which, thankfully, they haven't made that call because that's a stupid rule. Like, I mean, I want the game to be faster, but you also don't want to mess with the actual logistics of the game. So, Sip can come in on a minor league deal kind of challenge. The Blue Jays are more than willing to give out those minor league deals to the veteran guys. It's how they got Tyler Clippard and, and John Axford and Buddy Boshears, I guess. Which, no, I'm not considering Buddy Boshears. I am... Considering a different former Blue Jay, though, and another one who still is without a contract right now, is a familiar friend and punching bag to Blue Jays fans all over the land, and that would be the Wolfman himself, Aaron Loop. Aaron Loop, uh, still a free agent, only pitched in four games last season with San Diego. He was spotless, but injuries, again, rearing their ugly head and just completely obliterating loop season. So again, a guy who might be looking to bounce back, trying to get back into the majors, comes back to a friendly organization on a minor league deal. I'm I'm actually not too fearful of seeing loop in Blue Jay Blue again. I I think it's probably not the not the returning hero from from those 2015-2016 teams that the Blue Jays faithful wanted to see. But bringing in a guy like Loop, who who has that familiarity, who was around when the team was successful and winning, again, it's not a bad thing to have. And because he's coming off that injury, he's going to be very cheap. And again, you just let him roll. If he's too injured, then whatever. Just set them loose. But, honestly, those those are a couple of retreads. They're, they're not too exciting. Here's the guy who I'm really excited about. And the Blue Jays have a chance to get him right now. Because earlier today, 
the Miami Marlins made official the signings of Matt Joyce and Brandon Kinsler. I know what you're thinking. Why am I, why am I talking about the Marlins on this podcast? Well, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest something a little crazy. So anyway, the, the Marlins had to make room on their 40 man roster. One of the designations was a left-handed reliever named Jose Quijada. He is not the one I'm advocating for. Jose Quijada was not good. He gives up way too many home runs. He had a 550 ERA last season. I, I'm not, not interested in seeing Jose Quijada. And I know he's only 24, but again, you got You got to be better than that. You got to be able to keep the ball in the park. That's a, that's an ugly launching pad of a park, but you got to keep it in. No, um, Quijada's not the one I'm interested in. I'm interested in the other pitcher that the Marlins decided to DFA. And that would be Harlan Garcia. Now, Garcia actually had a really good campaign for Miami. One of the few bright spots for Miami last season. Um, In his third season in the majors, his age 26 season, Pitched in 53 games, had a 3.02 ERA, a whip of 1.105. Um, his strikeout rates were back up to his rookie campaign. He was striking out about seven batters per nine innings. And he only gave up four home runs in 50 and two-thirds innings. That is exactly the profile that the Blue Jays love. A pitcher who keeps the ball in the park, who keeps the ball on the ground. And given that they do not have a lefty option to challenge Thomas Pannone and Harlan Garcia is sitting there on waivers for anyone to claim. I know you're you're asking for someone to turn to an ex-Marlin and say, you you need to come on our team and make us better. Hey, they used to have all sorts of good players in Miami that can make teams better. Then they got rid of them all because Derek Jeter has no money. But... It was a very strange DFA once once I saw it. I mean, all of Garcia's peripherals seemed to be all right. I didn't see anything like a like a major injury that would that would kind of preclude teams from putting a claim in on him. So Miami willingly giving up on him um, on a guy who's going to turn twenty seven uh, by the start of the season. Um, actually just turned 27 last month. So getting a guy like Harlan in there who theoretically could still be a part of a team heading into its championship window and and be a lefty arm that is effective, I think it's just a bit of good business for the Blue Jays to, to bring him in, claim him on waivers, Again, you can designate a guy like Wilmer Font or Jordan Romano or or Merriweather, one of those guys we talked about the other day. I would happily give Harlan Garcia a shot over them. I I like that he's a fastball slider kind of pitcher. A lot of a lot of Blue Jays relievers are kind of fastball sinker. So Garcia also offers a different look. He's got a change up he can mix in as well just to keep hitters off balance, but he does very well with those two main pitches. And I, I, I'm, I, again, I'm just, 
I'm still perplexed as to what Miami is thinking, but that is not a franchise that wants to win anything. So, who am I to be surprised? Anyway, that's my call. I want Harlan Garcia claimed off waivers. I I know he's going to be claimed, so hopefully the Blue Jays can jump in there and get a hold of him, but we'll see. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this episode. It is still Monday in Ontario as I finish this recording, so congratulations, y'all. If you want to follow me on Twitter and discuss why I suddenly have such a crush on a Marlins pitcher, feel free to get at me on Twitter at a underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. You can get at the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well at Locked on Jays. It's how our French fellow was able to get a hold of us today. So, hey, you can send a message on Facebook and I will totally shout you out because I like compliments and I like saying I'm the kind of girl who gets compliments. So, shock. Flattery will get you everywhere. Subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. However you get your podcasts, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. And it's more pertinent now than ever, now that we're trying really hard to be daily. And even if I do miss a day during the week, you know I'm going to be doing one on the weekend to make it up for y'all. Because I care about you. And I want to make sure you have my random Blue Jays opinions in your ears every day from now on. Now that I'm out of my funk, now that my mental health's in a better state, and now that baseball is just around the corner, because football is done. Football is kaput. Not, not focusing on that anymore. It's all baseball, baby. So get ready to, to ride the train all over again. Anyway, we will be here, and hopefully you will too. So for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm E.J. Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode, and y'all take care.